Hey, it's Megan. Are you sick of living in that cycle of drinking and then waking up the next day promising yourself that you're never going to do it again, only to find yourself pouring that drink by 5 p.m. and forgetting about everything you promised yourself? Then join me and let me guide you towards becoming the best version of you, a happier, more confident, and alcohol-free you. It's time to reclaim control and let your true self shine. Let's crush those limiting beliefs and start living a life you love. As a certified professional recovery coach, I will help guide you to a life of confidence, freedom, and peace. Like you, I've been there before. I know, I get it, I feel you. It is not easy. So reach out to me and let's crush this together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of Soba Sisters, the podcast. I am super excited today to be joined by my friend, Jane. Jane came with me to Bali. So we just recently met back in April. So I'm really excited to have her here today. Jane is a therapist, a mom. She's from Texas and she's just amazing. So I really just wanted to bring some of the ladies on this podcast that I've met in Bali because we really just had such an incredible time. And so, yeah, thank you for being here, Jane. Yes, thank you for having me on. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to have you as my first official guest here on the podcast. So Ooh. thank you and thank you to, thanks everyone for and bear with me here because this is all new to me. But, you know, I think that that's like something that sobriety brings is trying new things, putting ourselves out there, having the confidence to just totally live outside of being comfortable. That really yes. is like, like it, it we're, we're not waiting to not feel anxious or nervous anymore. We're just embracing it and feeling the anxiety and the nervousness and doing it anyway. Yes, exactly. And speaking of anxiety, was that something that you had? Did you experience anxiety and all of that? Like when you were drinking? Oh yes, absolutely. Um, ironically, I, I think in the beginning, I drank because of lifelong social anxiety. And I, when I drank in social situations, that just magically disappeared. And I had kind of the courage to just be authentically me and, you know, say crazy things and not care about the consequences till the next day. So yeah, in the beginning, I drank because of anxiety. And then ironically, it makes anxiety so much worse. The next day, waking up and thinking about, oh, that conversation, why did I just say that? That was, oh, would not have done that if I had been sober. And just like feeling a headache and dehydration and just that uncertainty of, did I behave in a way that was authentic to me or did I do things that really aren't even representative of me and, you know, feeling shame and guilt about that? Yeah, exactly. And I felt like that was me as well, as far as it was like two split personalities, you know, like by day I was healthy and like looking at labels on like household products and worried about that. And then drinking a bottle of wine at night, it's like we're living two different lives behaving in ways like, you know, when we're drinking that we wouldn't normally. And I just didn't, I personally couldn't do that, you know, any, any longer. Absolutely. Yeah. The cognitive dissonance of kind of having values and behaving in a certain way and then drinking and all that kind of goes out the window. It's uncomfortable. 
and it's, it's heavy to carry around for a long period of time. Yes, it is. It is. It's like this backpack of bricks that we're carrying. And then once we stop and we just try to dip our toe into this life of sobriety and living alcohol free in a culture that's obsessed with drinking. Um, but it is such a weight off of our shoulders. Totally. So, okay. Let's talk about Bali for a second. Was this how did, like, were you nervous? Like, was this a huge deal? Because really all of us, you know, we're, we all came from the U S to Bali, but none of us had never met. We had a few zoom calls really, but Otherwise, so was this scary? What was your, what did your husband think? What did, you know, and yeah, yeah, it was, yes, it was scary. So I, I guess this was back in maybe December. I saw you post about the trip. I thought, gosh, I really want to do this. I was like, you know, I, I didn't have to go to treatment. I just got sober. So, you know, I didn't have to spend all that money so I can justify taking some time away from work and buying a plane ticket to Bali and paying for this retreat. And so I mentioned it to my husband and initially his reaction was not positive. It wasn't terrible, but I think he was like not really seeing the the point of it. But then the next day he was like, you know what, if this is important to you and you really think you could benefit from this, then, then go. And I was like, okay, I'm going to pay my deposit and I'll book my flight today and it's going to be locked in. So I did that and um, and I actually felt quite a bit of mom guilt for going. And so I didn't tell a whole lot of people I was going until like a week or two before because I was just imagining what their thoughts might be like, oh yeah, she's just going to fly off across the world and do whatever. But I went and I was like, you know what, this is like the best thing I've ever done for myself. I'm a better mom because of it. I'm, you know, in just such a healthier, more balanced space after having that experience. So it felt, it felt to me slightly selfish in the moment, but it was actually just an amazingly beneficial act of self-care that everyone benefited from. Yes, totally. I agree. And yeah, that mom guilt totally is real. And I feel you on that. So yeah, you, I think out of the group, you had, you know, not that it matters or anything like the least amount of sobriety, which was yes. at six months at the time. And now yes. you just recently hit eight months, eight months. Yes. Yes. So exciting. Absolutely incredible. And yeah, let, let's see, Bali, what was your favorite thing? If you could name like one or two things, what was the highlight of the trip for you? Yeah. So One of the things I loved about Bali is that culturally it's so different. So kind of like whatever construct you have in your mind about the world is stripped away and you're kind of coming in with these fresh eyes and they're very spiritual. So I loved that, just learning about their spirituality. Most of them practice Hindu, but even the way their homes are set up, they they have these very narrow doorways. So only one person can fit through at a time. And that's because when they walk through the threshold into their home, that signifies, okay, I'm letting go of all the stuff from out there. And I'm, I'm coming into my home and kind of setting my intention to let go of the stress and negativity that was out in the world. And then they set out these offerings, these beautifully woven baskets out of some type of grass with flowers and different things in them. 
you know, some of them up to six times a day. They all have a temple in their home. Um, so I, I really loved that. It was just beautiful. And um, I feel like learning about other religions in the world kind of helps me deepen my own spiritual practices and seeing just the common threads that are interwoven through all the world religions. I loved that. Um, like doing the welcome ceremony and um, the water healing ceremony. Those were amazing experiences. And then I think my favorite activity that we did was the cooking class when we went into the family home of Hutu. Hutu was our our cooking guide and she invited us into her home in the village, showed us around her temple. There were three generations of family members there all helping. Her niece did this amazing kind of traditional Balinese dance. And then she taught us how to make six different recipes sent me all the recipes on WhatsApp and invited me to text her if I have questions when I'm making them at home. And I just thought that was such a wonderful, unique experience that you normally don't get to go into somebody's home and really see how they live their lives. So that was, it was just a privilege to get to do that and such a beautiful experience. Absolutely. Yeah, that definitely were probably my two favorite, the water healing. I loved that. And the cooking class was Absolutely incredible. And you know, what's funny too, all these, I don't know about you, but alcohol, it didn't really play into my mind at all. Like I didn't, it just, we were just in such a different, like out of body experience. It uh, for sure would have added nothing to it. I mean, we were up seven o'clock in the morning, seven to eight 30, doing yoga, meditation, doing our little groups, our sharing circle. Exactly. Yeah. And we had Alex, who was just so incredible. And yeah, just, I don't know about, I just still can't believe that I did it. You know, I personally have massive flying anxiety, traveling anxiety. It was a 30 hour travel time for me. And I just, I still can't believe like I actually, I 100% personally would not have done that if I didn't get sober. hundred percent. Yeah. No. And, and same here, like the, the trip, the flight was very long. There were three legs for me and you know, it was exhausting, but it was totally worth it. And I don't feel like I really had much jet lag at all going there. It was, it was fine. So totally worth it. Um, and I feel like that Bali experience has like opened up new doors for me and new relationships with people that I would never have known otherwise. Um, like Marie with soulless journeys, like we've kept in touch and I'm thinking about leading my own Bali retreat at some point in the future. And then Alex with the Mindful Life Practice, our yoga teacher, I'm now doing her yoga teacher training and doing sober circles with her every week. And so, and then Sarah, one of our other Bali retreat participants um, is also doing the sober class or the sober yoga teacher training. So it's just been amazing how like all these little experiences open up doors to new paths that I would never have experienced otherwise. Yeah, 100%. And yeah, my kids and I are flying out um, to Vegas and Washington State. We're going to Idaho to see another girl from the from the retreat. Like, yes, I, yes. my kids, yeah, my kids would have never been able to like experience something like that. And it's just I, I still can't even believe that we're going to be doing that this summer. So yeah, anybody, yeah. If, if you're thinking about it, just do it. Like you just have do it. nothing to lose, everything to gain. Um, you know, I have my retreat in Punta Cana coming up 
in October and there's still a couple spots left. It's going to be absolutely phenomenal at a five-star resort, um, a wellness spa. It's, I just, I can't even, and we still have like amazing deals. So anybody who's still listening, you can get a spot. You could save $200 with code SOBER200. You get access into my my um, summer coaching program and everything. So it's, this is the time. Just jump on it. Just do it. Do this yeah, for yourself. So worth it. Absolutely. Yes. And you yeah. are an amazing coach and are touching so many people's lives in such a positive way. I'm just so grateful for you. And the fact that you have the courage to put yourself out there and be vulnerable and share your story because you believe that it can help alleviate suffering of other people. And so I, I thank you for that. I'm so grateful for you. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Jane. Appreciate that. And yeah, that was like really overwhelming. I have to say just like the gratitude from everybody and just thinking like, if I didn't say yes, which I almost backed out of this because of my anxiety of flying and my self doubt when it came to traveling that far, because I literally just got my passport at 39 years old last year. So I had never traveled, especially alone. And so I literally almost backed out. And then everyone just thinking like, because you said, yes, I just experienced this life-changing opportunity. And I was just like, oh, it was just very overwhelming, but in a, in a good way. Yeah. Also, so we, I, real quick, I want to touch on what, did you have a rock bottom was what, you know, got you to the point where you're like, hmm, maybe alcohol just isn't serving me anymore. What did that look like for you? Yeah, so I um, <clears throat> I have kind of been on this whole like journey over the last couple of years, like doing a lot of work on myself, going to therapy, um, getting more disciplined about meditation and mindfulness and just like consciousness and spirituality. And I feel like a culmination of that was this experience that I had that is hard to describe, but it felt like a spiritual experience or like an epiphany. So the way I drank, I would say that I could moderate and I did moderate 95% of the time. But when you think about that, like let's say I drank twice a week, there's 52 weeks in a year. That's 104 times that I drink. And 95% of that is like 98 or something like that. So that's still like five or six times per year. So that's like almost every other month that I'm going to have an experience where I black out or I'm massively hungover and can't be present for my kids, or I say something that I regret or behave in a way that is inconsistent with how I like to live my life. And so, you know, I kind of had been struggling with that off and on, and I've struggled with alcohol to varying degrees off and on, you know, since I was in high school you know, decades in the last 10 years since I've had kids and, you know, I've been pregnant every two years and breastfeeding and taking care of infants. Now my youngest is almost five. But so the last 10 years, I haven't drank as much as I did in previous parts of my life. But I just had this nagging feeling that it was holding me back in some way. And so I had this experience where I woke up on a Monday morning, the day after my son's birthday party. So that Sunday, we had taken like 15 nine-year-olds to play paintball. It was so overstimulating, loud, crazy. And then I remember feeling so just like my nerves were just fried. And I'm like, I, I want to drink. So all we had in our fridge was a like half empty bottle of 
rosé, half full, not pessimist, a half full bottle of rosé, which I don't even like rosé, but I think it was there from having someone over. And so I had like a glass and a half of that. And I was like, uh, whatever, this isn't satisfying. And I woke up the next morning, I wasn't hungover. I just thought, you know what? I'm done. Like I will never reach my potential as a human being and complete this journey that I've been on for the last couple of years if alcohol is a part of my life. And it's hard to explain because it seems so obvious, but it felt like I had this like epiphany experience where like this veil is lifted and you just see things so clearly. There's no more mental gymnastics or back and forth. Do I have a problem? Do I not? Should I moderate? Should I quit? Should I have this role? Should I have that? It was just like, it is so clear that I should just give up alcohol. Why have it in my life? What is the benefit versus what is the cost? It just doesn't make sense for me anymore. And I don't ever want to judge anyone else or come across as like, I know better. Like for me, that's what was better. You know, most of my friends still drink and I support whatever journey they're on with, with their drinking. But for me, it was just like, this is, I know without a doubt, this is what I need to do. And that was eight months ago. Ah, that's incredible. And that's why I always say you don't have to hit rock bottom to just want better for yourself, to want a better life. And usually a lot of times rock bottom isn't something bad that happens. It's just a feeling you, you hit this point and you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. What, what do I need to do to, to get out? And, and so, I think like the grace of God and good luck prevented me from experiencing a rock bottom at previous points in my life when I was out in a foreign country running around the city at 2 a.m. blacked out. That could have been really bad, but I survived it and was lucky. So I got really lucky that I never had a rock bottom. And then I moderated for 10 years and with a few, with several blackouts a year that I don't ever want to experience that again. I mean, I, I've had nightmares that I dream that I'm drunk and do something blacked out and wake up and realize that I'm like, do I have PTSD from my blackout experiences? But I could, you know, like, yes. Terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I I would have those thoughts as well. And and I feel blessed too that, you know, there wasn't any massive consequences from my drinking. The only thing really that was suffering so much was myself and my self-worth and my energy, my self-confidence, and my mental health overall. So it's yeah, it's just incredible. So Jane, if there's someone listening and they're, you know, questioning their relationship with alcohol or they want to stop, but they don't know where to start, what, um, what advice would you have for them? Yeah. I mean, I think like the, the importance of community, like can't be understated, like having in the beginning, having like one person you can talk to about it, who is open and supportive and doesn't have an emotional stake in whatever you choose to do. So whether that's a therapist or um, a sober support group, or even like a Facebook community, I found after I quit drinking, I found like a sober Facebook community where people just posted and it was just people talking about their experiences and asking questions. And that was super helpful for me. Um, listening to podcasts, reading Quitlet, all of those things kept me going in the beginning. Um, and then I think just like, for me, thinking through, like, I actually have the ability to 
within reason to create the life that I want to live where I don't need alcohol to cope with it. And so radically choosing to do things that align with your values, that bring you joy, that contribute to your well-being. I think that's a huge piece of it. And part of that is like, okay, I'm going to go to Bali. Like I'm going to create this life that is adventurous and fun and where I get to experience things. And I'm not locked into somebody else's idea of who I should be or how I should be living my life. Like I'm living by my own rules. And as long as that's guided by my values, that's okay. Yes. Yeah. I absolutely love that. That is so amazing. And I think too, just real quick, and then we'll wrap it up here. But one thing too, about all the women who came to Bali and they were all these, you know, incredible sober women is that everybody was like highly functioning, just so amazing. I mean, we have like three nurses. We have, you know, I work in radiology, you're a therapist. We have like a, you know, a CEO of a company, just people were, were just amazing. And it's, it's just incredible. You know, what we think someone who struggles with alcohol, um, looks like it, it's not, it's not at all. So it's just, it's been so incredible to, to incredible to get to meet you. And thank you so much for being the first guest here on the yes. podcast. I truly appreciate it. No, it's an honor. Thank you for having me on. I am, I'm just, again, so grateful for you and the work that you do and so grateful for our friendship. You know, we've kept in touch, you know, pretty frequently since we got back. It's only been a little over a month, but still like I'm, I'm just so grateful for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. And, and anyone else, if you're looking for help, I do do one-on-one coaching. I have the, the Punta Cana retreat coming up. Just reach out to me if you're struggling. I can kind of guide you in the right direction, but Thank you again to everybody for listening to episode four here on the Soba Sisters, the podcast. We'll see you all soon.